guys can hear me it's it's really hard to hear right now um, it was a really beautiful night there was a full moon and then out of the blue this giant storm just swept in and, and honestly guys I'm kind of scared because the, like some weird shit's been happening to me tonight I, and I don't I don't understand it like I, I was I was walking uh, home from my office and then I swear to God there was this this graveyard and Half of the graves were empty, and I, I thought I heard footsteps coming from behind the church. Um, I, 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 I could have sworn at, at one point there was this flash of lightning, and I saw this like half man, half wolf thing that was trying to to, to raise itself up off the ground and, and, and chase me. And and I thought I saw this, this this human figure, this old woman riding on a broom. I know it sounds crazy. I just I don't understand what's happening right now, but I, all, all I know is that it, it feels right now that there's some, some weird stuff going on. It's almost like like the spirit world and the natural, normal world are, are, are intermingling, and I, the only thing I can think of is that, I mean, tomorrow's October 31st, right? So why why is that? Like, oh, God, sorry, this storm is so bad. But, but anyway, just listen, and, and you'll find out why it is we associate all of these things with Halloween and why this truly is such a spooky, spooky season. And I hope that you'll, you'll think at the end that this is super cool. Alright bitches, here we go. Halloween time, y'all. Um, hope you enjoyed that real low, low budget intro I just did that's cheesy as hell. But, you know, I spent way too much time trying to figure out how to do that on GarageBand, so I am proud of myself. Anyway, housekeeping first. Gonna try to get you guys out of here in like 30 minutes-ish. Um, because my original goal was to do, like, half-hour episodes, but last week went kind of crazy, like King Ludwig, and, um, but we'll see, because Halloween is easily my favorite holiday and the best holiday, um, and October's my favorite month, so I don't know how this is gonna work out, and I am too fucking lazy to edit what I say. So, let's get to it. Um, so, if you're listening to this on the day it's released, that would be October 30th of 2019. So, Halloween-een, um, meaning that as of the day that you would be listening to this on day one of its release, tomorrow would be Halloween. Um, so, obviously, um, if you're in America, which the like four people that listen to this right now are, um, and are within like a five minute drive of my house. Um, Halloween is a super big holiday here in the U.S. Um, and it's gotten bigger, you know, over time in the world because America is such a cultural, like, dominant 
culturally dominant influence in the world, um, but a lot of people don't know kind of where the traditions come from. And one of my favorite things to study um, and to learn about, just for whatever reason, um, has always been the history of like pop culture and the history of like cultural traditions, especially holidays. Mainly because I try to be an independent thinker, and I think it's kind of stupid when people participate in traditions and do things, and they don't—they don't know why. Um, I think it's really good that you should be like a, a an intellectually curious person and not just do something because someone tells you to. Like always, always question authority and 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 tradition. That's the moral of this podcast now. Um, because if it's a worthy, valid, cool authority or tradition, it will prove itself worthy of your questions and it can handle it. But I digress. Anyway, um, so let's get to it. Um, my people, the Scots-Irish, are responsible, and before that, the, the Celts are responsible for Halloween, or what became Halloween. Um, so basically, what you need to know is uh, Halloween was originally, and I, I've got notes for this, um, but I honestly felt bad having to compile notes for it because I've read so many freaking books on this topic and and like legitimately there's this old history channel documentary that's like 45 minutes long on Halloween from like the mid 90s that I remember seeing every now and then like on my grandma's TV when I was growing up and so I found it when I was like 20 at a discount like book and DVD store on DVD I bought it and it's on YouTube obviously now and so one of my personal traditions is I watch it every like October 1st because I'm dorky as hell and um, anyway, so I've got notes, so bear, bear with me because I just wanted to make sure I, I got it all organized in order and that there's some stuff that um, I didn't know and I didn't. So basically, super cool. So, um, so the Celtic people, um, which used to be in all of a big chunk of Western Europe and um, like the British Isles, Scotland, Ireland, um, uh, Brittany, which is kind of northwest France, um, and Wales and England. And um, so they were the, they were the Celts. It's where um, you know you get like um, Celtic languages. Um, the uh, the Irish people um, kind of and the Scottish people and so the Scots Irish in Northern Ireland are all still kind of Celtic descendants. So anyway, and so that's my a, a large chunk of my family ancestry is like the Scots Irish because I'm from Appalachia and that's like a big part of of this region in the U.S. Um, so anyway, all that said, um, the Celts believed, this is kind of cool, in their calendar, they had a light half and a dark half of the year, okay? So basically, whereas we'll have like a spring, summer, fall, winter, they essentially just had summer, winter. They were very like, no, no nuance with these people. It's very like, oh, it's hot or it's cold. They were Katy Perry before Katy Perry was cool. Um, and so what the, God, that was such an old reference. What the fuck is it? 2009, Jesus. Um, okay, so anyway, um, they believed in a light half and a dark half of the year. And, and they had this, they had, four, I think it's four, I've read, two or four big feasts, big festivals that were basically tied to the, um, what are they called? Like the equinoxes um, and the solstices, very nature-driven people because this was you know, thousands of years ago and you had to rely on nature or you would die because your crops might fail. And so they had this festival called Samhain. Um, it's Irish, so it's a weird language. It looks like Samhain. It's S-A-M-H-A-I-N, but it's pronounced Samhain. Um, it actually means summer's end, roughly. So, so it was their big celebration of the end of the harvest, the end of the, the light half of the year, and they would welcome in the dark half of the year. Um, and so 
they um, track this to what is roughly now on our calendar, November 1st is kind of when you know, the, their New Year's would be. So Samhain night is basically the Celtic New Year's Eve. And so um, what they believed, which is just dope as hell, is that there were these um, time periods, what did they call them, a, a liminal time, when the boundary between this world and the other world thinned out. So basically because there was such a chaotic flux in like nature and you know crops would die and then in the spring they'd be reborn and all this stuff they saw this in nature and they were like oh well shit if like the turnips are dying and people are dying more you know easily because it's winter that must mean that like the spirit world can interact with ours more easier like the veil is is, is thinner um and so to commemorate this big event um the druids which were like the priestly class of of the celt they built these huge these huge um bonfires um and people would like burn animal sacrifices to their gods as a way of saying like hey you know thank you for giving us sustenance please don't kill us over the next six months you know here's a dead cow um let let its blood be shed on our behalf and um so there were just all these crazy ass things that they would do um to appease their gods because part of it was they they saw that oh it's getting darker quicker it's getting colder the gods must be mad at us which is kind of funny because after a while i personally would be like why does why do our gods get mad at us at the same time every year Maybe there's a pattern here that's unrelated to deities, but whatever, again, I digress. And so they would have all these different cultural traditions that they would do. Um, super cool. And so what what they did is they would light these bonfires, um, you know, which would, like, attract bats and stuff. So then bats and the creepiness would, would get kind of pulled into that. Um, they would, because of their belief that the dead... And the like, demons and and fairies and um, what did they call them? Where's my note? Um, shit, I'm gonna mispronounce this. The East Eishi, Eishi. It's like A O S S I, but again, it's Irish. The Eishi, the spirits or fairies, could easily come into this world. They were more active, um, and they. Um, or kind of like imps, like minor demons and stuff. And so these people believed that not only could dead spirits come back, but these Ishi um, could as well. And so what they needed to do to please these little tricky demons is they would leave like fruits and, and vegetables and stuff like outside of their home. Um, snacks, little candies, you might even say, um, outside of their home so that they could essentially bribe these demons and be like, you know, just take our Pop-Tarts and leave us the fuck alone. Um, and so also if you, you had to go out that night, you wanted to hide yourself from these demons and these spirits. And so, because apparently demons and, and dead people are really dumb, they would wear homemade masks and walk around on this night so, <laughs> so that these demons would be like, Oh no, that's not that's not a person. That's Captain Marvel, man. Like that's obviously that's you know that's she's one of us, you know. Or oh, that's you know whatever Slender Man. He's my my bro. And so they would wear masks. They would leave out these um, treats, you know that, that that you start to see kind of the inklings of Halloween, um, which is super cool because this was literally like two thousand years ago, which is another reason. Nothing against any other holiday, <coughs> Christmas, um, but one of the reasons I think this is the best holiday is it's got the most history, um, at least 
out of all these holidays that we, you know, kind of celebrate now. Um, and so, yeah, so people, the dead would roam and all this stuff. And so they would um, put these treats out. They would wear masks and all this stuff. So fast forward a hot second and Rome, um, ancient Roman Empire has been kicking ass and taking names. And they basically have been um, conquering the Celts kind of holocausting them honestly and i use that term like knowing the term that i'm using there's a um podcast called um hardcore history with dan carlin i think is the guy's name and they're like four or five hour podcasts on sometimes multiple episodes of four or five hours each on one specific topic um and he does this whole uh, like five hour episode it may i think it's just one episode but it's called the celtic holocaust and it's about uh the the gallic or the gaelic um, aka Celtic wars that, that Caesar um, uh, initiated and he basically talks about how it was a systematic like killing of all these Celtic people it's, it's really interesting you should listen to it but um, anyway the Roman Empire had just been going in and just doing their shit and just you know con conquering all of Europe and so basically by the time of the end of like Christ's uh, Christ's life um, around like 40 AD or so um it had been fairly, not tamed, but like a lot of the Celtic nations were like kind of Roman citizens. And, and so a lot of Roman traditions had started to mesh really um, fairly well with, with these other traditions from like Celtic people. And so one of the cool things is that, you know, and you can find this all throughout world history and different cultures, is like there was this Roman festival that was a celebration thanking the goddess of fruits and trees named Pomona was the goddess. It was also the name of the festival. And the symbol of it, wait for it, was a Snickers bar. No, it was the apple. And so a lot of people say that this is pro most likely where the tradition of apple bobbing came from. Um, and it mixed into Samhain night and Samhain activities um, because they were just like, oh, yeah, it's like a harvest celebration. Sure, we'll do that too. Well, things started to get really weird and real in the year 609, um, and that's when Pope, because it's always the Pope, um, it's always the Spanish Inquisition, as Monty Python would say, um, Pope Boniface, the hell is that name, Pope Boniface IV, sorry Catholics, um, dedicated the Pantheon in Rome in honor of all Christian martyrs, but he also created the Catholic Feast of All Martyrs Day, at least in the Western Church. But originally it was in um, May, okay? So, super interesting thing about the Catholic Church is, again, all due respect to Catholics, think whatever you want about them. They have some dope-ass architecture, at least. Um, they had this habit of going in, and I actually kind of respect this. It's kind of a cool business strategy, if you ask me. Is so they would come in and they would say, like, oh, hey, pagan group, people group that we are trying to um, convert to our belief system and calls. Uh, well, a lot of posts did this. A lot of them didn't because they were kind of assholes, but others did this, and I respect this more, is they would come in and they would say, like, oh, hey, you're, you're doing this celebration. Well, since we're trying to get you to believe in our God, how about... Stop believing in your God that we believe is like a demon. Believe in our God, but you can still do these kind of what we think are weird traditions and rituals, um, but instead of doing them, you know, to the God of, I don't know, whatever, Ronald McDonald, you know, like do them to the God of, you know, that, it, that we believe is Jesus. 
you know, so, you know, dip your fries in, in, you know, mayonnaise, but instead of saying praise Ronald McDonald, just say praise Jesus, praise Jesus and we're fine, I guess, whatever. Um, and if you eat enough of the fries, you'll see Jesus soon. Um, and so what happened was um, there was this, la, 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 let me find it. Um, there was this other, I think I've lost the, no, Lemuria. There was this ancient Roman festival of the dead called Lemuria. And it was on May 13th, which was the same day that Pope Boniface originally said, no, not, not going to celebrate Lemuria any day, I anymore. We're going to celebrate um, all, um, I really need to organize my notes better, um, all boop, 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 Martyr's Day. Um, so basically, he just, they co-opted it and they just said, okay, well, you're already, the, you're pagan and you're already celebrating the dead on this day just instead celebrate these like dead Christians. And so it's kind of like a, a slow, gradual, you know, step into the waters of Christianity because they understood like, this is a big change for these people who've celebrated this religion and these traditions for like millennia. You can't just rip the bandaid off. You got to ease them into it. So um, that's when it started. Well, if you fast forward like 220 some years in 835, um, All Martyrs Day, which was also called all Hallows Day, because Hallow is another name for like saint or um, martyr, it was switched to the 1st of November because of Pope Gregory the Fourth, um, And basically, it was the same idea where, God bless my people, um, you know, the, the Scots and the Irish and the Celts were really rowdy, and so when the Catholics tried to subdue them and be like, y'all need to calm the fuck down, they'd be like, you need to drink some goddamn whiskey and leave us the hell alone. Um, and so basically what happened is the Pope said, all right, all right, all right, all right, here's what we're going to do. If these motherfuckers are going to keep doing their weird-ass sowing stuff, we are going to just, again, baby steps and kind of slowly convert them to our cause. And so they changed um, from, from May 13th, they changed this holiday to November 1st. So now on um, November 1st, you have All Hallows Day. And then later on, what happened is the church said, well, you know what? Saints are cool, hallows, again, saints are cool, but so are normal folks. So on November 2nd, they created All Souls Day um, to celebrate anybody that had died because they were just like, okay, well, so these people don't believe in saints. Let's just help them move this tradition of celebrating the dead to November 2nd. And so basically, over years and years and years, um, you had a shortening of if the 1st of November is All Hallows Day, then the day before is All Hallows Evening. And so you can see where this is going, I hope. Um, it says the word uh, from, I think this is from Wikipedia, it says the word Halloween or Halloween, because it's E apostrophe E-N, dates to about 1745. Um, and the word Halloween means the evening of the saints or, you know, the day before. Um, and it comes from a Scottish term um, because in, in Scottish, the word Eve is even, um, meaning, you know, like the night before. So originally it was All Hallows Even, which was shortened to All Hallows Eve and then eventually contracted to just Hallow, Hallows Eve, Halloween. Um, 
And so that's where we get Halloween from in terms of a name, and that's like the basic concept of where it comes from is the Celts. Um, they believed this was the end of the year, the beginning of the dark half, and the spirits and the demons and all these creatures could roam the earth, and it was super cool. Um, and so basically, um, as time progressed and kind of you had this uh, co-mingling of different cultural influences, um, you had creation of new traditions um, that to us were just like, well, yeah, of course that's part of Halloween, but why? Like, why is it part of Halloween? Well, let me tell you. Um, so some things that, again, I think this was a mix of like Wikipedia and other random books and I've read and History Channel and whatnot. Um, so basically, uh, the mainland European Christians, especially in France, believed once a year on Halloween the dead of the churchyards uh, rose for a wild, hideous carnival known as the Dance Macabre, which is super cool. Um, in France, some traditions that, that uh, happen are that um, on the night of All Hallows' Eve, you would go to the graves of your loved ones, you'd bring dishes of food for them, um, you'd pray for them. Again, this idea of the spirits are here, we have to leave them an offering. When I was reading this, I just kept thinking of the Pixar movie Coco, and I was like, oh, it's Dia de los Muertos. Like, that's Day of the Dead, but what's cool is that's not just a Mexican thing. Like, this is multiple cultures in all of, like, the world do this because it's this idea of, like, well, they're roaming... Again, it's, I'm not making fun of, like, ancient beliefs, but, like, from hindsight's 2020, I'm like, ah, but if they're dead, can they eat? Do they need food? But it's cute. I mean, I get I get it. I get the symbolism of it. But, but um, so, yeah, they'd leave food and stuff, which was super cool for the dead. Um, in Italy, uh, families would leave a large meal out uh, for the ghosts of their past relatives before they go for church services, and this is super cool. Um, in Spain on this night, special pastries are baked, and they are called huesos de santo, which means bones of the holy. And they put them on the graves in the churchyard, and it's still practiced to this day, which is super dope. Um, so, yeah, so once once this happened and once um, it became All Hallows Day and then Samhain, you know, became uh, All Hallows Eve, Halloween, uh, over the years, a lot of stuff kind of changed. Um, the... Fast forward to the 20s and 30s, um, like the 1920s and 30s, um, Halloween was like super secular um, at this point, um, especially because basically what happened was the the colonists, depending on what like colony you were in, um, like U.S. colony, um, it either was a big deal or it wasn't. So if you were in a place that was like super Catholic, like the more like the Northeast, you'd celebrate it. Um, if you were in or, or, or with certain high Catholic uh, populations, um, and if you were around a lot of Protestants, uh, you you wouldn't, or vice, I guess, vice versa. Um, Protestant, eh, anyway, um, depending on what, what religion you were, you would celebrate. So I think I read that, like, in, is it, like, South, Virginia, maybe, they they didn't do much, but South Carolina, it was, like, really popular, or, or vice versa, but... It wasn't until the Irish potato famine in the 1800s um, and these millions of Irish came over and they brought these traditions with them that it started to spread throughout America um, and it gained more and more popularity over time so that by the 20s and 30s, if you if you ever want to be scared, like just shitless at the idea of like 
gangs of roving teenagers and children. Read about Halloween in the 20s and 30s. It will make you believe in the reality of teenagers being the devil incarnate because basically um, the 20s and 30s were when kids would just go out and vandalize the shit out of neighborhoods like because they were just like, oh, it's a time for mischief because the the demons are roaming and even though we don't really believe in fairies and demons anymore, we're going to play that role. So like like legitimately people would like steal porch furniture and they would – this is where like egging and toilet papering like – um, it, uh, a lot of people would like pull up crops like cabbage or lettuce sometimes and just blast house with, houses with them. There are these weird ass old photos I've seen that are like people would just build shit on people's roofs as like a prank. Like they would these these teenagers would climb on your roof the middle of Halloween night, sometimes on October thirtieth, which we'll talk about in a bit, and they would just like build jank ass like it almost this one picture I saw it almost looked like a really jerry-rigged playground swing set and they would just do it and then they would run away and then you would have to disassemble it the next day and I'm just kind of like first of all the fuck do you not hear them on your your roof I mean because you it's the 20s so you don't have good insulation I know that's fake um I, I mean it's kind of funny but also I'm just kind of like if they're good at it, maybe you could just recruit them and, like, trick them into building you some, like, new furniture. You know what I mean? I just, it's weird. It was a weird time. Um, apparently, I, I just read in a book the other day that uh, actually, like, masked Halloween, like, big Halloween parades with, like, children marching in them weren't originally a big thing in this time period. What actually was, because of a lot of, lot of different factors that I can talk about in another episode, maybe on like Thanksgiving, but um, it was in things, it was on um, Thanksgiving parades. Thanksgiving parades were when you had like creepy masked uh, uh, costume parade kids, and then what happened was basically the depression, and so <laughs> ruins all the fun, and so people just got to the point where they're just like, yeah, not funny anymore. Stop putting a goddamn porch, sorry, goddamn porch swing on my roof and um, creating chaos and so um, 20s and 30s and especially after the war people really tried to rein in Halloween and they were just like okay what you need to do is make this like children focused so that these little fuckers don't go out and burn down our goddamn house and so that's why baby boomers essentially were the first generation to really have like a catered to them Halloween with you know, let's go to the church or let's walk around our neighborhood and let's trick or treat and let's do this and it's all cute and da 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 da. And they were really the first kids in the 50s that got to experience that. Um, and so you might be wondering, well, where do some of our Halloween traditions come from? Um, well, obviously, anything that um, has to do with the, the macabre or, or darkness or, or demonic stuff or spirits over time has kind of gotten lumped into Halloween and I don't I don't have time to go into all of it right now because again I want to keep this shorter than last episode for you guys um, so you know I'm in the future I'll probably do a whole episode on like the history of witches and the history of werewolves and the history of or like Mary Shelley's Frankenstein because all that shit is interesting to me and that's what this podcast is is you don't have a say you're not recording this I am and I find this interesting so if you don't don't listen and if you do cool great um, but uh, just three three things that I pulled out, or I guess four things I pulled out um, that are specific to Halloween that have a, a cool history that we can talk about real quick, um, is trick-or-treating, jack-o'-lanterns, 
divination games, which aren't really a thing anymore, and then Devil's Night. So, um, just this is in order from my notes, um, trick-or-treating. So, basically, you know, as I said earlier, uh, originally people would kind of leave out fruits and nuts and, and stuff for the dead, and this isn't just Celts, it was like the Romans did it too, and a lot of cultures did, but... But for Samhain, that's what they would do is to kind of appease the dead, they would leave out these treats. Well, once the, the holiday became Christianized, um, there was this thing called guising in Ireland and Scotland and also apparently Wales and the Isle of Man. And it involved people going house to house. And this is from at least the 16th century, by the way. So at least the 1500s. I always forget how centuries work. Yeah, 1500s. Um, Kids would go door to door, and they would be in disguise, hence disguise guising, um, in costume, and they would recite verses or songs in exchange for food. Um, and basically, they historians think it may have been a tradition where people Im were impersonating those ishi, those those Celtic fairies, um, and so they would go and get these or they would impersonate the souls of the dead in which case they would be given um, treats or cakes in exchange for prayers for the souls of the dead. This was a, a thing called souling. Um, there was also this ancient medieval thing called mumming. I don't think it has anything to do with mummies, but it was called mumming and it was basically where you would go door to door, kids would, and they would perform a little show and um, you would pay them either with money or treats and essentially like if they did this and you didn't they would create mischief or potentially hurt you or something so um i mean the literal trick or treat you either treat them or they would somehow trick you um and so this was um where all of this started uh yeah and it says in, in scotland used to go house to house with masked faces threatening to do mischief if they weren't welcomed in the house um Eventually, the church got on board with this too, and they they encouraged people to you know go on like All Hallows Eve, go souling, pray for the the dead in purgatory, um, give these kids and these um, soulers, these souling people, um, wine and food and treats so that these dead can be pr prayed for. Um, and it wasn't this this is interesting. So it wasn't just on All Hallows Eve. Apparently, Shrove Tuesday, Christmas. I'm not Catholic. Something called Twelfth Night, which Sounds like an Adam Sandler movie to me. What am I thinking of? The Twelve Crazy Nights. That's very different. Anyway, they would they would do this on all these nights, um, and it was a very common practice. Um, however, the term the actual term trick or treat appears in 1927 in Alberta, Canada, but doesn't seem to be widespread in the U.S. until the mid 30s, with the first use in a national publication occurring 80 years ago this year in 1939. So, the technically trick or treating in its modern sense um, turns 80 this year. So, happy birthday to you, trick or treating. Um, so, that's the history of trick or treating. Um, history of the jack-o-lantern so this is oh man i love this story it's so absurd and funny to me so basically the jack-o-lantern where that comes from is 
originally a lot of these people and uh, a lot of these Irish people would carve faces into turnips because they had a lot of them in Ireland and they were used to ward off evil spirits and sometimes they would try to like carve them out and um, I mean I, I didn't think you could do this with a turnip but I guess sometimes they could maybe hollow them out but they would use be used to like ward off evil spirits and um, when they became spread into um, England, other parts of, of, of the UK in the 20th century, they became known as jack, jack-o'-lanterns. Well, the reason they're called jack-o'-lanterns is it dates back to this old Irish folktale. Um, and so jack-o'-lantern, it's just how, I don't know if y'all know this, but if you hear like o-anything, o whether it's like one o'clock jack-o'-lantern, patty o'donohue, it's the Irish way. The O apostrophe means of. So like Jack of the Donahues, um, Jack of the Lanterns, one of the clock. Um, and so basically this folktale says that there was this guy named Jack. Jack was a drunk. And so he was walking home one night. He was plastered as fuck. And it, he, because you do this sometimes on drunken nights, ran into the devil. And so somehow tricks the devil into climbing into a tree because apparently the devil's stupid. And Jack, even in his drunken stupor, says, I know what I'll do. I'll carve the sign of the cross onto the tree in the bark, therefore trapping the devil in the tree. Because the devil has no power to just jump now, I guess. And so Jack, I know I critique these stories way too much. It's I get my... my kicks from how stupid they can be anyway so so jack's ha fuck you devil you're stuck in a tree um and makes a deal with satan that if he lets him down which i guess just involves like scratching the cross out i don't know but um that if he lets satan down from the tree satan can never claim his soul so the devil agrees because the devil never lies all right jack um, so then Jack goes on, he lives his, his life, he's a nasty, awful fucker, and he does all the worst stuff, and so finally he dies, and God says, uh, bitch, you're not getting into heaven, and then Satan says, for the one time, apparently, in Satan's existence, oh, I'm a man of my word, I, I learned to keep my promises from Donald Trump, and so Satan is like, oh, cool, no, you can't get into hell either, not that, like, you would want to get into hell, but Satan's like, oh, no, bro, you're just, it's a little much for down here. And so Jack was relegated to just roaming the earth forever. But Satan, I guess because Satan has pity sometimes, um, again, it's a folk story. It's fun. It's not logical. Throws him up a, an ember from hell and says like, yeah, but you know what? Here's a fiery ember for your troubles. And so Jack was like, uh, well, I got to be able to see. So he puts it in a turnip, one of these carved turnips. And he just carries it around. And he's forever roaming the earth until he can find somewhere to live in the afterlife, heaven or hell or something else. Um, and so he became known as Jack of the Lantern. And it's the same, kind of the same thing people say. There's a thing called the Will of the Wisps. Um, it's the same thing. They kind of are the same legend but but from different times and areas and it's you'll see kind of bog lights in ireland and scotland and england and it's that's what they describe it as oh there was jack of the lanterns or will of the wisps um and so anyway when the irish came over here 
um, they found this wonderful thing called a pumpkin and they were like, oh, fuck the turnip. This thing is hollow and huge. Let's carve faces into this fucker. And so they started to do that and that's where jack-o'-lanterns came from. So when you carve a pumpkin with a face, you're essentially saying, this is a man who cannot be damned but is too bad to get into heaven. Here, let's set his head on our porch and help him protect us from demons. So there you go, jack-o'-lanterns. Um, running out of time, let's go quick. So this is cool and will almost be me reading verbatim. One of the things that we've kind of lost um, in Halloween tradition, which I'm not necessarily mad about because it, it, from our modern perspective, doesn't really make sense. These are almost things you would kind of associate more with like Valentine's Day in a lot of ways. But at the same time, I'm like, these are weird as hell and I kind of wish we still did them. So ladies... A lot of these are directed at y'all because misogyny was a thing. Um, and so back in the day, women couldn't really, you know, do much in society. So holidays, there were a lot of games that were like, let's help you find your man. Um, and so a lot of divination happened at Halloween, um, you know, future telling. But a lot of it was like oddly romantic and just weird. So basically, um, here are some games they used to play in Scotland. Fortune tellers, this is so dumb. I am just, I apologize to all women in Scotland at this time period for having to deal with this bullshit because this is just, oh Jesus. Okay, um, fortune tellers recommended that an eligible young woman name, name a hazelnut. For each of her, I mean, at least they were pro Nutella. For each of her suitors and then toss the nuts into the fireplace. They probably, I read somewhere they did it with all nuts, so when you hear the song, you know, when you hear chestnuts roasting on an open fire, fuck you Christmas, that's Halloween. Um, so they would throw these hazelnuts in the fireplace, and then either, depending on who you asked, either the nut that burned to ashes, rather than popping or exploding, represented the girl's future husband. Or, if it was the nut that burned away, symbol, symbolized a love that would that would last, um, or like the, the nut that burned the best, not that burned away. Um, another um, tale said that if she, a young woman, ate a sugary concoction made of walnuts, hazelnuts, and nutmeg before bed on Halloween night, which sounds dope anyway, why are we being sexist, let young men eat that too, um, that she would then dream about her future husband. I don't want a husband. Um, I like being single, but... Give me dreams of a, a handsome man. I won't complain. Um, young women would also toss apple peels over their shoulders. <laughs> God, I'm sorry. This is just silly. Would toss apple peels over their shoulders, hoping that the apple peels would fall on the floor in the shape of their future husband's initials. Also, when I originally read that, I thought it said entrails, and I was like, oh, fuck. Okay, that's Halloween to the max. Let's bring that back. Nope, initials. Much more boring. Um... Sometimes they tried to learn about their futures by peering at egg yolks floating in a bowl of water, where they would stand in mirrors in darkened rooms holding candles and looking over their shoulders for their husbands' faces. Um, fun addendum to that is they were also told that if on Halloween night they gazed into a mirror, they would either see their future husband or if a skull appeared, it meant that they would die before they get married. And apparently this custom was widespread enough to where from the late 19th century into the early 20th century, 
it was on greeting cards. So somewhere you can find historic greeting cards that talk that I guess show this woman looking in a mirror on Halloween night and there's a reflection of a skull and I guess the greeting card says like, congrats Becky, you're gonna die before your wedding. Like, I guess, I, guess. I don't know what the fuck that would say. Um, in Ireland and Scotland, sometimes items would be hidden in food, kind of like uh, the king cake on Mardi Gras. Um, and depending on what you would find, it would mean stuff. This is a, a super cool, simple um, tradition we need to bring back, actually, because I love the king cake tradition at Mardi Gras. So if you found a ring, it meant marriage, a coin meant wealth. Um, let's see. Uh, da, 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 da. Um, up until the 19th century, Halloween bonfires were still used for divination. Um also morbid, I love this. You can do this with your friends this Halloween if the weather's nice. When the fire died down, a ring of stones would be laid in the ashes, one for each person. In the morning, if any of the stones were moved, it was said that the person it represented would die within the next year. <laughs> oh, God. Okay. Um, so doing that at my next bonfire. Um, so, yeah, there's a lot of old divination stuff that some of which we need to bring back. Um, and then lastly, so this can be over with, um, and I can get home because it's late and a weeknight, um, Devil's Night. So this is super interesting. I actually learned about this originally when I was reading through a book on, like, different American accents. So, um... For some for some reason, I guess because at the time, maybe in the 30s um, and 40s, people were starting to try to tame Halloween night, and so these rambunctious, aka asshole teens and kids that didn't want to be tamed just moved it back a night, like their revelry. And so October 30th, which will be today if you're listening to this podcast on the day it's released, hey, hey, um, October 30th was and still is in a lot of the U.S., mainly the like Northeast and um, Great Lakes regions, it's known by various names. Um, so it says, it, so in most of New Jersey, as well as New Orleans, Philadelphia, parts of New York State, Connecticut, and Delaware, it's called Mischief Night, or in the Great Lakes region, Devil's Night. In some towns in northern Jersey and New York State, it's known as Goosey Night. I don't know if that's to do with gooses or other weird stuff. Meanwhile, in Baltimore, Maryland, it's been referred to as moving night due to the custom of exchanging or stealing porch furniture. Um, bolt everything down. Children are the devil. Um, in rural Niagara Falls during the 50s and 60s, um, it was called cabbage night. Again, I think I said this earlier because people would just go into gardens and just like pull up the leftover rotting cabbages and just chuck them at houses because they're assholes. Um, also known as Cabbage Night in parts of Vermont, Connecticut, Bergen County, New Jersey, um, Northern Kentucky, didn't know that, upstate New York, Newport, Rhode Island, Western Mass, and Boston, um, and then in parts of uh, New Hampshire, British Columbia, Vancouver Island, Winnipeg, Thunder Bay, Ontario, Bay City, Michigan, Rock, uh, Rockland County, New York, North and South Dakota, it's known as Gate Night because people would like open gates to um, gardens and do bad stuff. Um, and then again, through many places in Canada, Michigan, and Western PA, it's known as Devil's Night. Um, and I don't know if it's still a thing because I don't live in any of those regions. It wasn't a thing in West Virginia where I grew up. Um, but I find it fascinating that kind of this general idea of mayhem is, is, is still around. It's just because so many people have made, especially November 1st and 2nd, if you're Catholic, you know, a religious holiday and then Halloween became kind of secularized and, and tamed and like a tame way to do to do mischief and celebrate the macabre. 
in a lot of places now, October 30th, they've just kind of pushed it back a day, and they're like, no, we're still going to be assholes. Um, don't be an asshole. Um, celebrate the macabre. You know, be okay with, with your mortality and dying and looking death in the eye and be okay with this season that celebrates fear and spookiness and, and scariness because it's good for us. And um, in a book I just finished, um, a guy referred to um, fear as dark wisdom, which I think is completely dope as hell. Um, and yeah, just enjoy this season. Enjoy this spooky season. Um, enjoy the kind of millennia-long history it has and how it's became what it is. Um, but don't be an asshole. So I hope you guys enjoyed this. I hope it made sense. Um, I hope you'll tune in next week. And I hope you have a very, very spooky Halloween.